What's up, everybody? Welcome to Good Wolf Radio. It's Jerry Scarlato. Today, we're going to talk about how to make life happen for you instead of letting life happen to you. Because so many, so many of us go through life just reacting to what's in front of us, reacting to a given situation, reacting to something that is told to us, reacting to a conversation that we're having. And because we're constantly just living in reaction mode and not being proactive, not figuring out what we can do to get ahead of the game, not figuring out what we need to start to plan for or what we need to start to take action on, we feel like we're not getting anywhere. We feel like we're just constantly spinning our wheels. You may feel like you can't keep your head above water. You may feel like you just can't get, quote, get ahead. And that's a frustrating feeling. It's frustrating to feel like you can't make progress. You can't, you know, move towards the goals that you have set for yourself or the vision of yourself that you say you want to become. Like, it's frustrating whenever you feel that way. And yet, there are some changes that you can make and some mindset shifts that can happen that can help you to start to move forward. And it starts with understanding that life is but a bunch of problems. Like all you're ever doing is essentially solving problems. If, 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 or when you quit solving problems, life will stop. And a lot of people move away from problems because they think that eventually problems should stop coming up. We think that eventually problems should just go away. If we leave a, if we reach a certain level of success or We've accomplished so much in our life, whether that's health and fitness, whether that's career, whether that's finances or whatever, we think that suddenly we don't have to do the work anymore. We don't have to overcome obstacles. We don't have to uh, keep striving to move forward. And because of that, we end up in a rut. We end up falling back and backpedaling instead of moving and progressing ourselves toward the vision again that we have for ourselves. So... That cycle, again, that cycle is no fun. That cycle can be very frustrating. That cycle can drive you nuts whenever you feel like you're just, all, all you can ever do is either check things off a list or react to whatever's in front of you. But if you understand that life is but a bunch of problems, then you can start to hopefully plan for the problems, start to be proactive with problems instead of just reacting or even worse, going into crisis mode and having to dig yourself out of a hole, which happens to a lot of people. And when that happens, then you have to get yourself to even before you can then start to even think about moving forward in any positive direction. So there are three basic kind of problems that we have or three levels of problems that you can think, uh, that you can think through. Level one, is proactive problems. Proactive problems happen or don't happen, I guess. Um, proactive problems are things that you're staying ahead of. You're planning for and you're taking action so that you hopefully don't run into these kinds of problems. When you're proactive and you're staying ahead of these problems, you are making progress. You are moving towards goals. An example of a proactive problem is whenever you're trying to, I don't know, 
lose 30 pounds and you've been on a diet for six weeks, instead of waiting for that plateau to happen and getting frustrated that suddenly you stopped losing weight, you adjust your food intake in some way, shape, or form, eating a different kind of food, adjusting how many calories you're taking in, adjusting how many carbs or fats you're taking in, eating more protein. You make some adjustment before that plateau happens, before the problem shows up. That's being proactive on the problem. That is getting ahead of the problem. Now, of course, you can't foresee every problem. That's should go without saying, but you can assume a number of problems and you can be proactive with those problems. The next level, level two, is reactive problems. That's when you're confronted with something and then you have to make a decision. Going back to our weight loss example, when you're losing weight, most people can sustain a level of weight loss for about six to eight weeks and then it'll start to plateau. When that plateau happens, that is then reacting to the problem. Six to eight weeks, plateau, and then adjusting to make sure that you continue to lose weight. That's reactive. Not the end of the world, especially if you didn't plan accordingly or if you didn't have conversations with other people who have also lost weight and gotten their feedback on things that they've done and problems that they saw. But you want to be as proactive as possible so that you don't have to be as reactive because, again, when it feels like you're constantly running into problems, eventually, potentially, if you don't build mental toughness and you don't have a strong will to move forward, you can convince yourself that you're not capable of actually achieving these things. And when that starts to happen is when the backslide really starts to happen. And that's definitely not what you want because you can absolutely achieve essentially whatever you want. I'm a full believer that if you look at any level of success that most anybody has achieved, they have done it with a process. It's, it's been done with a process. And so you can do it, of course, always, like we have physical limitations. If you're five foot two, you're probably not going to be an NBA basketball player. So that to the side, outside of that, if there's a process, we, most of us, if not all of us can do it. So you stay proactive by planning. You stay proactive by staying on top of things. Level two then is reactive. When you run into a problem, you have to react to it. You have to decide what to do with it, and then you have to keep moving forward. Now, people get stuck in level two when indecision happens. Indecision happens because you run into a problem, and then you start to research ideas or think about ideas or talk to other people about how they've done things, and you search for the perfect way to do it, and then you just make no decision at all. And when you make no decision at all, naturally, progress continues to not happen, and you continue to get frustrated, and again, you eventually just convince yourself that you're not meant to actually achieve this 20-pound weight loss or achieve this four-hour marathon or achieve this 300-pound deadlift or achieve this level of success in your career. And when you start to convince yourself, you are your own worst enemy, and you will become whatever it is that you think that you are. 
So that's why reactive mode can be very dangerous. Now, again, you cannot see all problems that are going to come. So you can be proactive, you can plan, you can do all of that, and yet, no matter what, reactive problems will show up. It's going to happen. There's almost nothing you can do about it. And you have to be mentally ready when it happens. Because it's not if, it is only when. So when it happens, you have to just say, I knew this was going to happen. I planned on this happening. Now I have to make a decision on what I'm going to do, and then I have to move forward. And the faster you make that decision, number one, hopefully the faster you will start to move forward again. But number two, the more confidence you build in your decision-making and in your intuition. And so when you run into the next problem, which will happen, then you can make a decision faster and you're confident in your decision-making abilities. The problem is we hit these reactive problems. The problem is we hit these reactive problems and we don't make decisions. And so we don't build confidence in ourselves. And so we don't believe in ourselves and we, so, and we don't have self-confidence that we can make a proper decision. So we just don't make one at all. And then we stop making progress. Again, you don't, it doesn't need to happen that way. If you let yourself understand that obstacles are going to show up that you did not foresee. And when that happens, you have to make a choice. Take some time, do some research, do some planning. But once you've done enough, which is typically much shorter time frame than what most of us give that, once you've done enough, make a choice and move forward. Put all of your heart behind that choice, move forward, and then see what happens. And when you hit another plateau, then you can make another choice. So that's level two problem is reactive problems. Level three is what we definitely don't want to get into, get into and that is crisis. Crisis, if we continue to use the example of health, crisis is when you go to the doctor and the doctor tells you you're pre-diabetic. Cri uh, crisis is even worse when you go to the doctor and the doctor tells you that, it, that you have a stage one or stage two, goodness forbid, stage four cancer. Stage four is definitely crisis. Stage one or stage two, hopefully there's a little more not hopefully there's a little more control that you have there. There's a little more, a couple more things that you can do and some variations that you can try and definitely a lot of health changes and behavioral changes that you can make to impact that that's crisis. And that's what we definitely want to avoid. Now, again, you cannot fully avoid crisis situations. You can be the healthiest person on the world. You can eat leafy greens and you can eat grass fed beef and you can eat the you know, go out and handpick your own nuts and crack your own walnuts and eat those straight from the tree. You can do all that stuff and you can still get cancer. Like that's just the way that it is. All you're doing is trying to protect your downside whenever you're making healthy choices. That's an important thing to understand. Like, yes, healthy people get sick too. That is the way that it is. People who are very unhealthy live for a long time too. Those people are all called outliers. They typically live on the margins, meaning that they're not like most people. Most people are 80 to 90% of society that can follow certain guidelines and then certain things will happen. Meaning if you eat 
quality, healthy, whole foods, if you exercise three to five days a week for an hour at a time, if you make sure you're weight training, if you make sure you're not sitting around for eight to 10 hours a day and getting up every 25 minutes, if you make sure that you're getting eight hours of good quality sleep, there's a very good chance that you'll live to be 90 plus years old and be vital in that age. And yet, on either ends of that continuum, there are outliers. There are, we, I had a grandma who smoked, and everyone has this example, which is the dumbest example ever, by the way. I had a grandma who smoked, and she lived till she was 90. Yep. Yes, I believe you. Because I did. She was 85, I think. But nonetheless, yeah, like, yes, it happens. But that's an outlier. That doesn't mean that you should start smoking and then just, like, just keep doing what you're doing. The chances are... It's not going to work out for you, and you're going to get into a crisis mode. And then on the other end of that, yeah, you could be the healthiest person in the world, and you can still get sick. So anyway, I kind of went on a little sidestep there. But it's worth remembering, like, crisis problems still pop up for everybody unforeseen. We can plan. We can do what we need to do. We can make all the adjustments that we need to make, and yet they still pop up. And that's the way that it is. But there's still a ton that we can do to make sure that we don't get into that crisis mode. Like I said, when it comes to our health, I listed a whole host of things that I'm not going to go and list again. And if you do those things, you will likely keep yourself out of crisis mode. And crisis problems are the ones that we want to, on one end, <laughs> on one end, we want to avoid those at all costs. On the other end, if or when they happen, there is a gigantic opportunity, and it's hard to see this in the moment, of course, but there is a gigantic opportunity for you to become a very strong and resilient person when and if you overcome that problem. So, again, building the mental fortitude regularly throughout your days, throughout your weeks, throughout the months, throughout the years, so that when that crisis pops up, you have the ability to sustain that mental toughness, to sustain that mental resilience, so that you don't, mostly don't allow yourself to slip back into a downward spiral. Which brings me to another point, in that, you don't rise to the level of your expectations, you fall to the level of your training. So when we're talking about overcoming reactive and crisis problems, the reason that you do things to push yourself regularly, the reason that you implement habits that are challenging, the reason that you try not to live in comfort like most people do and get themselves into a situation that they're not able to take care of themselves have a hard time getting around, and so on and so forth. The reason you do those things is that so when a reactive or crisis situation pops up, you, you have built, you have practiced for it. You have done things to, to get prepared for that. You've challenged yourself physically, you've challenged yourself mentally, and if you do that regularly without hopefully having to try and overcome cancer, then if or when that happens, you're better prepared. It seems maybe a little demented to think that way, but like, wouldn't you rather be better prepared for something like that than like, not? If you go into 
a cancer diagnosis, for instance, mentally weak, there's a much better chance that you, <laughs> this, is, this is tough to say, there's a much better chance that you won't last as long. Now, you can still build a lot of mental fortitude, fortitude within that process, but if you go into it mentally weak, research just regularly shows people who don't believe that they're going to make it through a cancer diagnosis tend to just not live as long or have as good of outcomes. So that's why you do these challenges. That's why you, you push yourself. That's why you challenge yourself physically. You challenge yourself mentally regularly so that when these crises pop up, you are prepared for it because you don't rise to the level of your expectations. You fall to the level of your training. So most people spend their time in reactive and crisis mode. And because that happens, we don't feel like we can get anywhere. In order to start to make life happen for you instead of happen to you, you then have to learn to be proactive. So I've talked about planning. I've talked about staying ahead of problems. I've talked about doing all that. The problem is, see, we're always overcoming problems. The problem is, in order to know what you have to plan for, in order to know what you have to go for, in order to know what problems to start to look for, you have to have an idea of what you're going after. You have to have a vision. You have to literally have a vision that you believe in. You have to have a vision of where you're trying to go. You can think of a vision as just a big dream, but there's a gigantic difference most people dream, and when they dream, they don't believe that it's something that they can accomplish. Oh, that's just a dream that I'll win the lottery and blah, blah, blah will happen. But most people don't think that that can be accomplished, and they are right to think that because the odds of winning the lottery, especially if you're not playing, <laughs> not that I should say that because that should seem obvious, but nonetheless, the odds of winning the lottery, even if you do play every day of your life, even if you play five tickets every day of your life, are significantly small and fleeting. Um, nonetheless, dreams are one thing, but you should, you can think of visions as dreams, but they're much different. A vision is actually something that you believe that you can accomplish. And a dream should also be something that you believe you can accomplish. But a vision is something that you can close your eyes. And when you close your eyes and you start to think about it and you start to visualize it, you see you, you don't see somebody else accomplishing it. You don't see somebody else's story. It's not Elon Musk, who you see building Tesla and building the boring company and building what is now X and building whatever other companies he's started over the last five years. That's not what you're visualizing. You're visualizing yourself doing those things. I'm not saying that you want to be Elon Musk. That's just who popped into my head for some reason, um, which is ironic because I don't use X at all and I don't own a Tesla and I definitely have never... Uh, even looked into the boring company. If you even know what the boring company is, some of you are probably like, do you mean boring? Like, like how you're talking right now, boring? Or do you mean like, what do you mean? No, he actually has a company that bores into the ground, like a drill company, boring. Get it? Anyway, um, another sidetrack. So you have to be able to visualize yourself in those scenarios. And the vision should be 
far down the road, at least five years, maybe 10 years. And it should be it should be somewhat big. Again, maybe it shouldn't be completely outrageous, but it should be somewhat big because we underestimate, I'm sorry, we overestimate what we can do in a short period of time, six months to 12 months, but we completely underestimate what we can do in five to 10 years. So when you visualize yourself in this atmosphere, in this environment that is vibrant and vital and you're this you know, robust, resilient, strong person, it should be something that maybe in the moment while you're thinking about it scares you a little bit, but you have to believe that you can actually accomplish it. And the reason that that is, is because if you don't believe you can actually accomplish it, your subconscious mind is going to go, dude, you ain't doing that. Like, okay, we'll start to do some stuff, but we're not going to try that hard. And eventually we may even give up because, uh, I mean, I just don't see it, brother. I just don't see it. And if your subconscious mind doesn't see it, AKA your identity, if your identity does not believe that you're capable of achieving that, then you're just not going to go after it. No matter how motivated you currently are, no matter how whatever, like how much willpower you currently have, your identity won't go after it if you don't visualize yourself and believe that you can actually accomplish that thing. So you have to start with the vision that you believe that you can achieve. And it's five to 10 years down the road, and it should be big. Like you should believe in yourself. You should believe that you can accomplish a lot. You should believe that you can accomplish more because you can and you will if you allow yourself to actually get into this mindset. Okay, the second thing that you need to do, once you have the vision that you believe that you can achieve, that you can close your eyes and you can visualize yourself doing and accomplishing this, once you have that, you have to pull out the goals that you need to achieve in order to make that happen. If, for instance, since we've used health as the example so far, you close your eyes and you visualize yourself in a swimsuit and you look a certain way and you walk a certain way and your legs are, have a certain amount of muscle on them and maybe you're walking down a beach and whatever, like whatever you want to visualize. There are a bunch of things that need to happen in order for that to happen. You need to know where you currently are, and you need to have a general idea of what that person would then be. You need to know what your weight is. You need to know generally what your body fat percentage is and what your muscle mass is. And then you need to pull those out and place them on paper. Where are you currently, and where is this person five to ten years from now? There's going to be a big deviation, and that's okay because we're going to break it down. You also need to think about maybe if you have certain lifts that you want to improve on or like, I, you know, we talk about running marathons and this, that, and other thing. If those are other things that you want to be able to check off your list at that point in time also, you want to be able to run a marathon at a certain pace. You want to be able to do a Tough Mudder at a certain pace. You want to be able to complete a Spartan race. You want to be able to do X, Y, Z, whatever the thing is. Make sure that you have that number in mind or you have that goal in mind also, and you put that down on paper. Where are you now? And where is that five to 10 years from now? So once you've pulled all those goals out, you know where you are now, you know, your five to 10 year, those audacious goals, those big goals, they're far away, they seem big, they seem a little scary. Then we can take those and we need to work backwards. We need to start working backwards. We need to go, okay, that's five years from now. And 
four years, what do I need to achieve? In three years, what do I need to achieve? In two years, in one year, in six months, in three months, and in the next four weeks, what do I need to achieve? And you literally break it down that way, like literally work backwards from that big vision. If you don't want to do every year, do five years and then maybe two and a half years and then maybe a year and then six months and three months and four weeks. Like whatever that breakdown is for you, it just needs to kind of progressively get smaller so that as you start to move forward, you can start to check these things off. You can start to knock these things out. And as you knock them out, you're slowly becoming the kind of person that can achieve this goal, that can achieve this end that you're looking at, that you're visualizing, that you're feeling, that you're wanting to accomplish. And that's what it's going to take. It's going to take you becoming that person. It's going to take you transforming into that person because what you see and visualize over here and where you are today, like I said, it, it should be a pretty big deviation, which is okay as long as you believe that you can accomplish that. But don't let that scare you. Don't let that deter you from believing that you can accomplish it. You can accomplish it when you start to work backwards and you break it down because when you then actually start to make progress and move forward, you're checking those things off the list. And you may actually see that you're able to accomplish some of those tasks, some of those goals, some of those milestones a little faster, a little more effectively, a little more with a little more urgency than you previously thought. And you'll gain some momentum and maybe you'll actually get to that five-year goal in three years. Because again, we tend to overestimate what we can do in a short period of time, six to 12 months. And we completely underestimate what we can do in a long period of time, five to 10 years. And most of the time, we can hit those five to 10-year goals in a shorter period of time if we actually just let ourselves flow toward them, move toward them, like make progress toward them. And don't get overwhelmed with the thought of not getting to this thing quickly. You have to let go of that instant gratification thought. You have to let go of that I need to be there tomorrow idea because that will kill you and that will stagnate you and that will keep you from moving toward your goals. And if you're starting something, then odds are you want to achieve it. So why in the world would you stop? But you have to keep going. Uh, I wrote another note down. What does this say? Oh, I kind of said that. Um, sorry. <laughs> I'm reading my notes and making sure I'm hitting all my points. But when you work backwards from your vision, you make your goals more sustainable. You make them so that you can hit them. And then you can actually be, that's, that is how you be proactive. Because you've created the vision, you've looked at the vision, and then you've worked backwards and now you can implement processes to get to that first little milestone. You can start to implement things to get to that first milestone. And once you hit that milestone, you can check it off the list, tell yourself that you're the kind of person that does achieve their goals, and then look at the next milestone and go, okay, what's the thing that I need to implement in order to get here now? Understanding that you still need to probably do the thing that you've already implemented. And at this point, you're just stacking habits and behaviors on top of each other to gain that momentum and get yourself moving forward. So 
this is how you go from being in reactive crisis mode to proactive mode. You have to know where you're going. You have to know where you're trying to get. And if you don't know, if, if the wind is not blowing you, it, not, what's, what's the saying? If there's no place, no destination you're sailing after, the wind's just going to keep blowing you in whatever direction that it's, it feels like blowing you. But if you have a destination, then you can build out a plan with an understanding that things aren't going to go exactly the way that you planned them. But you can at least hopefully overcome some of the potential downfalls that are going to happen and prepare yourself for those reactive and crisis moments when they do pop up. Because the more you build that resilience, the more you challenge yourself, the more that you prepare yourself for those moments, the easier they're going to be to overcome. And if they're very challenging, they're still going to be hard, but it's still going to be a lot like you'll still have the mental fortitude to be able to push through it. And being proactive is how you make life happen to you instead of, nope, let me try that again. Being proactive is how you make life happen for you instead of let life happen to you. And that, my friends, is the goal, making life happen for you, not sitting back and letting it attack you, letting it bombard you, and letting it just continue to pile on top of you. And if you feel like you're in quicksand, if you feel like you're having trouble keeping your head above water, this is how you'll start to dig yourself out, being proactive, having a vision, working backwards from that vision, and starting to check off those milestones by implementing the processes and behaviors that you need to do in order to move yourself forward. So go out and do it. Go out and get yourself going. Make sure to share this with your friends. Hit subscribe if you have not already. And until next time, here's to your success in health and fitness mastery.